Hi, need a ride? Hop on in. I'm headed to Julia's Trucking Cafe. Come on, let's go. We made it just in time. Come on, let's go get a seat. Hey everybody, welcome to Julia's Truckin' Cafe. Glad you can make it. Everybody's looking good. Everybody get a seat? You get something to drink? Cool. Now just sit back and enjoy the show. As always, I have lots of news to get to, so let's get right to it. We have some sad news this week. A trooper was killed after losing control and hitting two semi-trucks on Interstate 40. This happened around May 7th. A Tennessee trooper lost his life after losing control of his cruiser and colliding with two semi-trucks. This took place just after 4 p.m. on Monday, May 7th. Near on I-40 near Jackson, Tennessee at exit 74. The Tennessee Highway Patrol says that 24-year-old trooper Matthew Gaddy was on his way to respond to a call on eastbound I-40 near mile marker 74 when he lost control of his cruiser. It went sideways, hit one semi-truck, then spun around and collided with a second one. The Tennessee Highway Patrol released a statement following his death Our hearts are filled with much grief and sadness. The family of Trooper Gotti is in our deepest thoughts and prayers. Please keep Trooper Gotti, his family, and friends in your hearts and prayers. According to Fox News 13, that also um, reported on the story, it happened about 345 in the afternoon. He was driving eastbound when he lost control, went sideways, and hit a tractor trailer, then another one. He was pronounced dead at the scene. So our hearts and condolences go out to Trooper Gaddy's family. In other news, a truck driver fatally shoots a manager following a fight about getting loaded. A truck driver is facing first-degree homicide charges for shooting his manager after an argument, according to Tennessee police. I believe it's Memphis Police Department was on the scene of the shooting at American Freight Furniture and Mattress on Highway 64. The suspect left the scene in a semi and was caught near I-40. The shooting took place around 1230 on Thursday, May 9th in Memphis. The incident began at the American Freight Furniture Warehouse with a truck driver, Mr. Saunders, arguing with manager Thomas Hartman about a truck loading issue. Saunders reportedly left the warehouse for a short period of time, then returned with a gun. Police say that Saunders aimed the weapon at Hartman's face and then pulled the trigger. Hartman sadly died at the scene. Saunders fled in his semi but was soon captured by police 
at Highway 64 and I-40. He was charged with first-degree homicide. He started driving trucks after retiring as a 27-year veteran of the police force. So he's an ex-cop. Can we say anger management issues? Holy moly, that does get kind of scary, if you know what I mean. And in other news, a mega carrier agrees to a $37 million settlement in a lease-to-own suit. The lawsuit argues that CR England pressured drivers into entering into a lease-to-own program that allegedly left drivers footing the bill for operating costs while allowing CR England to, quote, retain all the money their customers pay for transporting goods, end quote. CR England Inc. recently announced that they agreed to pay out nearly $38 million to a group of truck drivers who say they were misled into entering into a lease-to-own program with the financial terms made it tough for them to succeed. The settlement agreement impacts a class of 17,519 truck drivers who entered into lease agreements with CR England or its subsidiary Opportunity Leasing Inc., also known as Horizon Truck Sales, between May 27, 2007 and January 31, 2017. The lawsuit was initially filed by truck drivers Kenneth McKay and Charles Roberts in 2011. Among the various claims about the trucking company, the lawsuit argues that CR England pressured drivers into entering into a, quote, driving opportunity, end quote, a lease-to-own program that allegedly left drivers footing the bill for operating costs while allowing CR England to, quote, retain all the money their customers pay for transporting goods, end quote. The suit argues that CR England provided drivers with misleading information in order to convince them to sign on with the lease program, then made it difficult for drivers who tried to leave. The suit argued that CR England's actions were in violation of the Utah Truth and Advertising Act, also the Utah Business Opportunity Disclosure Act, and the Utah Consumer Sales Practices Act. Under the terms of their agreement, each class action member would receive an average payout of $1,000 from the $37.8 million in settlement. C.J., and I'm going to butcher his name, Krawczyk, or K-R-A-W-C-Z-Y-K, I'm sorry I butchered your name. The co-lead attorney for the class action suit stated, quote, if this settlement is approved, all class members will be eligible to receive a four-figured cash payment, $1,000, yeah, I guess that's four digits, huh? Relief from collection of disputed outstanding debts for truck operations and driving school tuition and opportunity for credit and DAC reporting repair, end quote. Why is it that attorneys always make it seem, you know, a lot huger and better than, you know, just $1,000? A CR England spokesman said... We, quote, we are proud of the opportunity we offer to enterprising people to start and grow their own businesses, much like our founder, C.R. England, did with just one truck. 
However, we understand that some were not happy with their experience and we hope that the settlement resolves any lingering concerns, end quote. The settlement is not an admission of wrongdoing by either parties involved in the lawsuit. CR England announced the settlement via a press release at the end of April and they're fi it's finally in the news now. A little late, huh? Surprise, surprise, surprise. A final court hearing to approve the settlement is scheduled to take place in a federal district court on July 9th, 2019. To learn more, please access this article in the show notes or via your email, and you can click on the link that's in the article to learn more about this class action lawsuit. Now, another sh trucker was shot. I mean, people... What is going on? Oh my God. A trucker shot during a robbery attempt while waiting to enter a facility. A truck driver was shot during a robbery attempt outside of a facility where he was scheduled to make a delivery in the morning, Alabama police say. And this happened right around May 10th. Police were called to the scene at the American Cast Iron Pipe Company or ACIPCO in Birmingham just before 4 a.m. in the morning on Friday, May 10th. When police arrived on the scene, they found a 65-year-old truck driver who had been shot in the leg. He didn't report any other injuries. The truck driver told officers that he was waiting to enter the facility when at least two black males in a vehicle attempted to rob him. He said that he was getting back into his truck the suspects opened fire on him and then fled the scene. The truck driver was transported to the hospital for treatment. His injuries are not thought to be life-threatening. And uh, as of this as of this reporting on May 10th, no arrests have been made at this time and uh, Birmingham police are still investigating this incident. What is going on? I understand that, you know, the downtown of any city isn't safe that's why it's a good idea to go ahead and thoroughly research on like google earth or something to see if they have parking see if they may have a fence a gate something like that call the place see if there's parking if they have security or anything like that i know that i'm I have to be careful being a solo woman driver out here on where i park and where i go and stuff it's just, it's just getting crazy anymore. That's why, you know, a lot of people frown on the big truck stops, but I feel safer in a big truck stop than I do in a rest area these days. It's just, it's getting that nuts. All right, and uh, let's get back to the news. In other news, a truck driver was suspended from his company for texting while driving. He blames it on bad cell service. A truck driver has found himself in hot water with his company for texting behind the wheel, but he claims that he's innocent and is blaming poor cell phone service for the misunderstanding. In a recent report, the truck driver was suspended from his job with Nestle after he was, uh, he was excuse me, <laughs> you all laughing at me? Can't talk today, sorry. Let me try that again. A truck driver, Glenn Kraft, was suspended from his job with Nestle after he was accused of sending a text while he was over on the road. Kraft says that Nestle accused him of sending a text message to his boss while he was driving his daily route, 
from East Dundee, Illinois to Appleton, Wisconsin and back. Nestle reported suspended Kraft for violating company policy against texting and driving, but Kraft claims that the whole thing is a misunderstanding brought on by bad cell service. Though his driving log showed that he was on the road while the text message was sent, Kraft contends that he sent the text message to his boss while his truck was stopped on the shoulder of the road. He says that he started his truck and continued down the road and that the text did not go through for several minutes after he hit send because of poor coverage from his cell phone service provider, Boost Mobile. CBS reporters were able to confirm that a text message sent in the same area from another phone took nine minutes to go through. Kraft is waiting to hear whether he'll keep his job with Nestle and maintains that he did nothing wrong. Quote, I don't know how you could be fired for a bad signal or suspended. Why would I text and drive and text it to my boss? End quote, he said. So you could check out more of this report in the bottom of this article. Again, that'll be in the show notes. Now, on that note, I have voice to text. So on my, I have a blue parrot headset and I tap a button and I do have an iPhone anybody with Android, I'm sure you have the same thing, that you could go ahead and tap the button on a blue parrot, and I ask, you know, send message to so-and-so, call so-and-so, or whatever. It's voice commands, and I could send a text that way. It doesn't show whether I typed it or whether it was a voice-to-text. So, you know, why why didn't he do that instead? I guess that's going to be a good question, huh? A teen's failure to yield to semi while merging into a very scary ordeal. The Oklahoma Highway Patrol has released dash cam video of a recent multi-vehicle crash caused by a teen driver's decision not to yield to a semi truck. I guess that didn't turn out very good. The crash happened on May 10th on Muskogee Turnpike. This post was on Facebook from the Oklahoma Highway Patrol. Troopers detailed how the teen driver's mistake resulted in a serious crash. And you can view the dash cam clip there again in the article. This episode of Julia's Truck and Cafe is brought to you by our new sponsor, My Patriot Supply. As truck drivers, we all know what it's like to be at a shipper's or receiver's and have to wait to be loaded for hours on end. Am I right? Especially produce coolers and paper mills. So, we have a new sponsor, My Patriot Supply. Now, it's not what you may be thinking. My Patriot Supply is emergency food kit. Plus, they also offer survival gear and water filtration systems. They come in a slimline tote, plastic tote that you can easily store in your food pantry or in your side box. I could speak from experience. After living through Hurricane Katrina in my mobile home, we were without power for 10 days. Me, my mother, and my son. If it weren't for the MREs that were flown into us, we wouldn't have had any food. Four 60-foot pine trees broke in half during that storm and landed across my driveway and landlocked me in. So I couldn't get out to get food. And there were four mile gas lines back then. If I knew then 
what I know now about my Patriot Supply, I would have definitely had some of this food stockpiled in my pantry. Now for a limited time, you could get a one week supply of food, which is breakfast, lunch, and dinners, and a handy and neat looking ammo can for just $39. And they even offer gluten-free food for just under a hundred bucks. They have meat, they have fruits and vegetables, they have potatoes, soup, they even have canned food. All with a shelf life of 25 years. So just go to my website, juliastruckingcafe.com. That's juliastruckingcafe.com and click on the emergency food supply tab. And scroll down, click on any, any image, excuse me, to find out more. We need to stay prepared for anything. What Do you know what would happen if all of a sudden the power went out and your credit card didn't work anymore and you couldn't get a cash advance? How are you going to eat? We need to stay prepared. So go to my website at juliastruckatcafe.com, click on the emergency food supply tab and get your My Patriot Supply food kit to stay prepared for anything that happens. And in other news... A report looks at who is to blame for a big rig crash in Nashville. A new report took a deep dive into crash data from the Nashville area to determine who is really at fault, truck drivers or car drivers, for the uptick in big rig crashes in that area. The news station WSMV says that crashes involving tractor trailers are increasing in the Nashville area with 700 more of these types of crashes occurring in 2018 than in 2014. Now hold the doggone phone a minute here. That's four years. 700 crashes in four years? Hang on a minute. Hang on. Let me let me break out my calculator. Let's see. Um, 700 divided by four that's 175 more a year than four years ago. Can we say more drivers coming out here than four years ago? More drivers that have their foot to the floor and don't care? WSMV also mapped every crash involving a semi-truck that happened in the Nashville area in the past two years and found that most occurred on I-40 and I-24. The report also looked at who was to blame and found that car drivers were nearly as responsible for crashes as tractor-trailer drivers. Citing data from the Tennessee Highway Patrol, they concluded that truck drivers were at fault in 53% of crashes, while car drivers were to blame in 40% of crashes in the Nashville area. The THP data indicated that most common way for a car driver to cause a crash with a semi-truck was to change lanes improperly. Uh, what about cutting them off? When truck drivers are at fault for crashes, Tennessee troopers say that the following too closely is usually to blame. An often cited 2013 report from the American Trucking Association using data from across the country found that in fatal car semi-truck crashes, car drivers were assigned blame of 81% of the time. The WSMV report did not distinguish between fatal and non-fatal crashes. And in order to see the report, you can 
visit this article in the show notes. Hey, Lee, how are you today? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you. It's getting kind of hot. I'm in Joplin, Missouri right now, and hell, it's 85 damn degrees outside. What the hell? Yeah, it's getting hot down this part of the country, too. Little when the rain quit, but... Well, folks have another go around. Those one folks be coming down through. I might not decide or something. So, it won't last long. Right. So, in news this week, a Mustang driver is okay after being dragged by a semi-truck for a half a mile. The troopers say that the Mustang driver was fortunate to not have sustained any serious injuries. This happened uh, just after Mother's Day. Indiana troopers say that a motorist is okay in spite of the fact that he was wedged under a semi-truck and dragged for a half a mile over the weekend. This happened right on Mother's Day on I-69 in Indiana. Troopers say that 40-year-old Ryan L. Lawson was driving northbound on I-69 near mile marker 287 when he lost control of his vehicle and slid under a moving semi-truck in the next lane. The Indiana State Patrol says that the truck driver kept going after the crash because he didn't know the Mustang was under his truck. The driver of the Volvo 59-year-old Ivan Stobun of Montreal, Canada did not immediately realize the crash had occurred and traveled for another half a mile with the Mustang wedged under his trailer before stopping in the slow lane. Remarkably, troopers say that Lawson was able to get out of his car under his own power and refused any medical treatment. They, uh, troopers say, quote, say, quote, that it, he was fortunate to not have sustained any serious injuries. And the driver of the semi was not hurt. How can you not hear a car dragging under your trailer? Well, other than that, I mean, Jesus Christ. I, <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't see this one. I don't see any way possible that this could happen without the driver knowing. Come on. You know, I mean, really, I just don't see how he could not know that somebody was under his trailer and he was dragging somebody. Right. I don't get it. it. Yeah, I don't get it either. I really don't. I don't get it. So, in other news, FMCSA, Federal Motor Carriers moves forward with under 21 year old truck driver pilot program the today the federal motor carrier administration and this is reported on tuesday may 14th they officially announced their intentions to move forward with a plan that would allow teenagers to operate commercial vehicles interstate by asking for a public comment on the pilot program here you go lee you can make a public comment Last, uh, last summer, the FMCSA launched a pilot program allowing 18 to 20-year-olds with military driving experience to operate interstate. On Tuesday, May 14th, the FMCSA requested public comment on a second pilot program for under 21-year-old truck drivers without military experience. The notice states, today's action requests comments on a second pilot program to allow non-military drivers ages 18 to 20 to operate commercial vehicles in interstate commerce. FMC 
eight requests comments on the training qualifications driving limitations and vehicle safety systems that fmcsa should consider in developing options or approaches for this second pilot program for younger drivers we want quote we want input from the public on efforts that offer the potential to create more jobs in the commercial motor vehicle industry while maintaining the highest level of safety you you notice how i'm saying that very facetiously we encourage all cmv stakeholders to submit comments on a potential interstate pilot program for younger drivers administrator raymond martinez said the fmcsa is requesting comments on the following questions what data are currently available on the safety performance example crash involvement etc of 18 to 20 year old drivers operating a commercial vehicle in intrastate commerce in within the state next question are there concerns about obtaining insurance coverage for drivers under 21 who operate a commercial vehicle in intrastate and would these challenges be greater for interstate options i would think that the doggone insurance uh, uh premiums would be huge uh what kind of supervision and how much should be required for those drivers under 21 uh, should there be any specific training qualification requirements for the instructors supervisors or co-drivers if so what type should the fmc require FMCSM, sorry, require that participating carriers establish a formal apprenticeship program according to the labor standards. If so, why? Should there be time or distance restrictions on younger drivers? Like how long should they be driving? If so, why? Uh, should younger drivers have limited hours of service? A maximum hours of eight hours of driving each day? If so, what limits should be applied and why? Uh, should they be prohibited from transporting hazardous materials passengers and or operating tanker vehicles or oversized overweight vehicles or should there be what other restrictions should there be um, what safety standards should participating drivers have to meet are the requirements from the under 21 military pilot program appropriate and what action should the agency consider taking if drivers in this pilot program are convicted of violations while operating because they're still under 21 you're considered a minor you know what are they going to do about that at what point should fmcsa remove a driver or motor carrier from the program and should fmcsa include requirements for safety equipment or onboard recording systems in a pilot program for younger uh, commercial vehicle drivers what what equipment and why so you can uh access this article and uh, go to scroll down to the very bottom and click on the blue link of clicking here to uh leave your comment and respond and this article will be in the show notes so what do you think or do you want to save that for your bullshit commentary maybe we're gonna save it because i'm ready i'm ready on this <laughs> all right oh my god this is ridiculous, but yeah, I'll save it. Okay, so let's move on. So now we got a good one. A hot tar truck was part of a seven-vehicle pileup in a bridge tunnel in Virginia. They're investigating a multi-vehicle pileup that occurred in Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel on the morning of the 15th, my birthday. The crash happened in Hampton, Virginia at 8.30 in the morning on wednesday 
and ooh, golly, what a mess. Um, and now talk about a sticky situation. The preliminary investigation reveals that an F-350 box truck traveling east at I-64 swerved to avoid slowing traffic that was ahead of it. The box truck swerved into the path of the tanker truck, which caused the tanker truck to strike the tunnel wall. The box truck then jackknifed into the tra- truck, which sparked a chain reaction of a vehicle's crashing in the eastbound lanes inside the tunnel. Yeah, that was a mess. The incident resulted in massive delays, and the backups were over three miles. But then they were opened again by 11 a.m. And then a dust storm caused a fatal multi-truck pileup. Troopers say that several drivers stopped on the interstate because of limited visibility caused by a sudden dust storm. Yeah, there it looks like they were jackknifing everywhere over in Idaho. The Idaho police say that a sudden dust storm contributed contributed to a deadly pileup. I can't talk today, Lee. Crashed yesterday afternoon. Uh, that was on May 14th. Happened around Hazleton, Idaho. There was heavy rain, heavy winds, and blowing dust. Contributed to the pileup on 84. As a dust storm caused limited visibility, three semi-trucks and a pickup truck came to a stop on the interstate. Oh, that was brilliant. 58-year-old truck driver Philman B., Miranda, also westbound on I-84, then collided with the pickup truck driven by 52-year-old Douglas Margargle, sending it crashing into another one of the stop semi-trucks driven by 31-year-old Kyle Hoskins. Then that Miranda's truck then crashed also into Hoskins' truck, sending it through the fence. Then he continued west and hit the rear of another semi-truck driven by a Jake Sluter, and then the Sluter's truck impacted into another semi-truck and I'm like you talk about a doggone chain reaction it just kept going and going and going good lord but see if they would have been watching their distance and their speed and that kind of crap in the first place it might not have happened what do you think about that yeah I believe you're right on that one so now for Lee's bullshit How are you doing today? I know you already answered that. Uh, they want uh, people to comment or whatever on them. People want to get the 21-year-olds to drive in the military and all that. Okay, here's my comment to you. Have you people lost your damn mind? What is wrong with you people? I mean, they have to go to other countries to bring all of these guys over here to drive. Now, what are they going to do? 16, give them a driver's license, tell them to go drive a truck? What is wrong with you people? I know some military people that have drove trucks. Most of the time, they're in a little line going down a highway. I even seen one of them run off the stinking road. And he's in a straight line with truck in front of him and a truck behind him. They do not drive in traffic. They do not have to do anything like that in the military. I know. Personal. Okay? It don't work that way. It's a difference to not stay in saying, okay, you drive this truck down there, now you get in this big truck, 18-wheeler, let's go down there, let's run out to California or wherever. It is not the same experience. I don't care what anybody says. I know that. Now, these people, they're just 
they're doing everything they can to just totally destroy trucking is what they're doing. And guess what? They're doing a pretty good job of it. What yeah. do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, they, they are, aren't they? I mean, it it has changed so much since you and I started out here. It's freaking pathetic. I don't understand what they're wanting to accomplish by putting these younger people in the trucks. And I, I mean, even now, think about it. You get in certain part of the country, there are certain things when you park you don't want to really be doing you know what i mean you don't want to be out of your truck running around and stuff like that some of these places things say i mean good lord you're trying to put 21 year old people in a truck and they, they've never experienced anything going across country in the first place right right i was in a truck when i was 21 i was raised in a trucking family it wasn't no stranger to me you know and there's a little bit of difference when your background comes from being around trucks. I've been around trucks since I was born. You know, it, it's nothing new to me. You take a lot of these folks, they've never seen anything, never been anywhere. Hey, what, what's up? What about safety for these people? Have, have they ever thought about that? They don't give them a book? Hey, okay, when you're here, you need to stay in your truck and don't get out. Yeah, okay. there is... There, excuse me. There is no manual like that. We, we didn't no, learn that. Not. There's no manual to say, "Don't go get out of your truck in downtown New Orleans. Don't get out of your truck in Jersey City, New Jersey. You know, on the bad side. Don't go into this truck stop or that truck stop. You know, because you might get mugged or or try to get robbed or something like that." Well, many years ago. <laughs> Downtown L.A., there used to be a Chevron truck stop. Downtown L.A. It wasn't too far from all the produce houses down there, right? Right. That is one of the places you go in. Back then, we didn't have cell phones. You use your phone, you left. You got out of there. A lot of us then, we'd go up to Ontario, California, and they had the big fences, you know, all the way around them truck stops. I'd keep unnecessarily people out, you know, and stuff like that. But I pulled in there one time and used the phone and I done paperwork. I sat right there and watched the guy steal this guy's spare tire off his truck and turn around and sold it back to him. Yeah. And now I have seen you know, and now this, today Ontario was just as bad. You haven't been out in no. Ontario lately. That place no. is creep uh, creeps me out. Really? Oh, well, yeah. Used to, but this place was just, I mean, you know, it was horrible. I mean, like I said, you went in there, you didn't want to stay on out there trying to. You wouldn't be able to sleep anyway, you know. But, I mean, that's what we used to do years ago. That was back in the early 80s and everything like that. I mean, you know, and I don't understand. They're wanting to do this and everything. To give an example, I, there was a good wreck this morning about 2 o'clock on Interstate 4 going into Oklahoma City. A truck turned over and caught on fire and everything. We're going in on westbound. They've got a bunch of road construction, okay? And they've got them, them concrete walls. You know what I mean? Them little deals they put out on right. each side of the road. Right. It's not very wide, really. I mean, it's really not. I mean, you're fine. You run a speed limit, whatever. You just kind of got to watch your B's and Q's, but... It's narrow, really narrow in some spots. 
the speed zone is 55 mile an hour. And I tell you what, people run 75 and 8. Yep. Even big trucks will pass you. I don't know how many is I took my mirror off. You know, people, come on. It's just a little road construction. Slow down a little bit. Wait till you get out of it. It ain't worth having a wreck, killing somebody, killing yourself. What is up with this? I mean, I do not understand. I do not understand. I mean, it's got some little... You know, little like S curves, you know, stuff like that on it where you go from one highway to the next highway. But just, let's see how fast we can run. Yeah. It, hammer down, hammer down, foot to the floor, exactly. hammer down. You know, I mean, you're talking 15 minutes of slowing down, you know, to prevent, try to prevent an accident. Well, the four wheelers is just as bad as the trucks out here anymore. Here they go, zoom, 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 you know, and I don't understand. Right. I don't, and I've had four wheelers actually come down there and smash, come around one of them little curves, come off into my lane. Yeah. Then, then look at me like I'm doing something wrong. Yeah. You know. Or so, flip you off or whatever, you know, so. Yeah, and they're coming in my lane, you know. <laughs> I'll tell, tell you a good one the other day. I'm coming back in and I cross over this interstate and there's a red light right there and I make a, a left to get on the service room, right? <laughs> this older lady and you know where you stop is right where it's painted white right Right. she is about her whole car is about five foot in front of that <laughs> dang and she was sitting there motion come out come out <laughs> you know I thought lady there ain't no way you know but boy she was she was just sitting there waving and getting, you know like come out come out I thought okay whatever <laughs> but it's just, uh, I tell you what, I, I just don't understand. Uh, like I said, I guess they can't get no more from all the other countries to get over here to start screwing everything up. Now, I'm not saying knocking down the kids or none of that, you know, which I think your kids at my age, but, you know, I just don't understand what the purpose of this is. I don't get it. Well, they keep screaming that there's a driver shortage. So this is their reason... They're screaming driver shortage, so there's their reason to putting kids on the road. Now, I can understand. Give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to be devil's advocate and give them the benefit of the doubt. If the child, which is their child, they're under the age of, you know, 2018. They're not an adult yet. If they were brought up like you and I were in the country, on farms, uh, running around in heavy equipment and this kind of thing... That's one thing. You're used to heavy equipment. It's like shooting a gun. You're, or kids being around guns when mom and daddy had guns, you know. They're, you're, you're taught gun safety. You're taught heavy equipment safety. What it can do to you and this kind of thing. At least hopefully they are. But from this pilot program, it's starting out in California. In high school students. Out in California. In freaking Los Angeles for Pete's sake. You know, because uh, we I've talked about this last summer already, that they were thinking about doing it, and there's a high school out in California doing it, and all this rigmarole, and I'm, I'm just shaking my head and holding my, my fingers to my sinuses going, oh, mother of God. Exactly right. Well, they got my little comment. I hope they listen to it, because they, somebody, somebody needs to wake up, and, and we need truck drivers or ex-truck drivers helping these people are 
why don't you talk to some ex-truck drivers or retired truck drivers about this? See what they tell you. We need to get them to leave comments on this. Uh, they want us to post comments. We all need to get together. Get onto my show notes page. Also have it uh, posted at the cafe page. Leave your comment on what you think about all this and and yay or nay or, or good, bad or ugly or otherwise. You know, we need to speak up and unified as a unified front. Exactly. Exactly right. It, so, but like I said, you got too many people starting this stuff, doing this stuff, and Supposedly changing our hours of service. That knows nothing about what we do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and before we close out uh, Lee's Bullshed today, I've got a story for you. I was coming back in to where I work at from the house over the weekend, and I'm going through Missouri. I'm going northbound on I-55. And I'm doing the speed limit, you know. Hey, uh, most of the time in the truck I'm driving now, it does 65. So when I'm doing 70, I think I'm big rigging. And uh, so I'm doing a speed limit, 70 mile an hour. And all of a sudden in the left lane, here comes a state patrol. And, you know, it's Mustang Charger, whatever they're driving. And then the second one is right behind them in a damn suburban with uh, with a canine. Now, mind you, they're not doing 70. They're not doing 75. They're doing about 90 up the freaking interstate, no lights on. Them damn two looked to me like they were freaking racing up 55. Blowing by everybody to slam on their brakes and turn into the cutout to go southbound on Interstate 55 South. Now how freaking stupid is that? Taking people's life in your hands to turn around just to be goofing around on Mother's Day weekend of all damn things when there's so much traffic out there. I mean, that doesn't make no damn sense to me. Well, I think they should have had the lights on or something. I mean... They weren't, in, they weren't in an emergency call. They That shows well, me that they were screwing off. And they're, yeah. they're uh, dang lucky I that mean, I didn't get their damn tags because I would have called their chief on them. Well, it probably wouldn't have done a whole lot of good. No, and... and you know, they don't pull anybody over for speeding anymore. What's the sense of having the speed limit signs out there? Oh, that's right. It's a suggestion. Well, I guarantee you, if, if you want to get to um, some of the places I go that, you know, on my on my deal, I guarantee you they could sit there and write as many tickets as they could in a day. I mean, I don't care how many of them are sitting there if they would just do it. Yeah. I believe it would help stop some of this stuff, but it don't. It yeah. don't. They're not going to. I understand there's a shortage of, you know, law enforcement, which, you know, I understand that. But, but you know, I mean, I've seen things done right in front of them that they didn't even do nothing about. Yeah, they looked the other way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. It's like unbelievable, well, you know, unfreaking believable. Well, Lee, as always, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're kind of hectic today, and it's been a hectic week. So, again, we I apologize for getting the show out so late this week. and But I do want to give a shout-out to all of our listeners, and thank you so much for patience with me and, and getting the show out a little bit late this week. Well, as long as we get it done, and I appreciate you having me on, and I sure hope some people do send some comments on this because... This is just getting way out of hand. 
and uh, everybody be safe out there and try to respect each other on the trucks and god bless I greatly, greatly appreciate all of you who tune in each and every week to listen to us on the cafe. If you are new to the cafe and you would like to check us out, at the bottom of every episode on the website at juliastruckatcafe.com, there are links that I have which list every place you could find us on iHeartRadio, YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, and I just applied to be on the Pandora directory. I will keep you posted on the progress of that. Please, I would ask, I humbly ask, like us on Facebook, and don't forget to join our discussion group at Julia's Truck and Cafe Regulars. On the website, I share recipes and videos, and even have a page of stupid drivers do can't cuss on the radio I would humbly ask that you subscribe to our email list and I will send you all the show notes right to your inbox of the articles that I talk about each and every week this way you don't have to keep coming back to the website to find the show notes to click on the link you just get it right in your inbox and in the future I'll be having new things coming out If you missed the Mother's Day sale, you missed a really good sale. I want to thank everybody for all of the orders that we got over Mother's Day for this Mother's Day sale. It was a great success. And if you're on the email list, you have priority in getting those new things that are in the works, like the Mother's Day sale. Before I forget, please feel free to leave a comment on the bottom of any episode. What do you think? Tell me what you think of the episode. Am I talking too loud? Um, Lee's not funny enough. Just kidding, Lee. And uh, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to hear? Do you need have a comment for a new show? Um, what kind of recipes are you looking for? Please reach out. Leave us some feedback. It would be great. I read each and every comment. I read each and every ma- email. And any kind of questions that you may have, please feel free to ask. There's never a dumb question. Also, if you have an if you have an idea for a topic for an upcoming show, please let us know. My email is info at juliastruckatcafe.com. That's info at juliastruckatcafe.com. Or just click on the contact page and it'll take you right to it. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope you keep the shiny side up. And until next time. Yeah, we got a little old convoy. Ain't she a beautiful sight?